America, and welcome to the Stephen D. Snyder Show. I am your host, yours truly. Uh, I'm a writer, actor, comedian, podcaster, author, and I'm a guy that you've probably seen in a bunch of different things, but you know, and you recognize me, but you don't know my name. See, I'm on the, I'm really on the Hollywood. What am I on the Hollywood D list? I'm not the A list. I'm not the B list. I'm not the C list. I'm kind of like on the D list or E list. I would say D or E, something like that. D or E. I mean, what my IMDb score is what like eighty five thousand. So, um, things are going a little slow in the acting realm, but they're starting to pick back up because COVID is now kind of opening up the economy again. Uh, SAG-AFTRA has now given everybody a uh, you know a, a free pass to work. So I'm looking forward to getting back out there as well. But this is the Stephen D. Snyder Show. This is the best variety show you are going to get out there. I talk about sports. I talk about news. I talk about politics. I talk about diet. I talk about fitness. I talk about health. We talk about everything. And you know, I'm looking really, really looking forward to my guest today. This guy is fantastic. This guy is a health guru, fitness wizard, and genius. I mean, this guy was kicking my ass when I was still living in central Illinois um, and I was doing kickboxing with this guy. Great personal trainer, a really, really talented water skier. I'm really looking forward to it. And he, he will be up on the program uh, coming up in a few minutes. But folks, yeah, I, I got to tell you, this is a this is the the platform where you know you have free speech because they're canceling speech everywhere. People are getting canceled. These woke, politically correct, tyrannical mobsters are canceling everything. So this show, we promote free speech for everybody. And uh, there's so many things in the news I could talk about. I don't want to be all political in this show. Um, so I think let's go straight to the good stuff because I think I want to kind of skip politics this show because you're getting bombarded by this shit all the time. So I think I kind of want to skip over politics and just go right to the, <laughs> the meat and potatoes. This is from the smoking gun couple charged for sex in glass gondola. Now, this couple in Vegas was basically arrested for banging in that giant Ferris wheel. So here's what happened. And actually, the girl, she actually looks kind of a, you know, she's, she's actually not bad looking. A South Carolina couple is facing indecent exposure charges after allegedly filming themselves engaging in sex acts inside a glass gondola on the Myrtle Beach Skywheel. <laughs> Police allege that Lori Harmon and her husband, Eric, both 36 years old, were within the view of the public earlier this month when Lori exposed her breasts and performed oral sex on her spouse, whose penis was exposed. She she looks she looks pretty good, too. Um, the explicit activity was recorded and uploaded to an adult website where it, was, where it was reviewed by Myrtle Beach Police Department officers. So an arrest warrant, um, it doesn't identify the website, uh, the porn website, but, you know, I'm sure you can Google it. Um, so other, <laughs> other videos show the Harmons engage in sex acts in a community pool and at a Myrtle Beach resort. So <laughs> these Harmons have been charged with indecent exposure and participation of obscene material, which is, I, I guess, you know, filming the porn uh, out in public. See, I don't know about you, but when I have filmed my personal porns, eh, 
I tend not to do it in public, folks. But these people did. Um, under the name Lucky Lacey, the Harmons posted about 140 explicit videos to a website, which I will not name. Um, <laughs> their page had over 11,000 subscribers and 2.7 million views before it recently disappeared. Ah, so it looks like these people are exhibitionists and they go out there and they do a lot of humping and a lot of kinky stuff in public. And this is, again, I should have sourced this from the beginning. This is from the smoking Let me tell you when you want to hear about morons in the news and dumb people, you go to the smoking gun. The smoking gun is fantastic. The smoking gun is really it's really just about the best news aggregate website for people that have completely screwed up. It's really, really funny. Uh, the smoking gun.com highly recommend it. So folks, I guess the moral of the story is don't film yourself banging in the view of, you know, the average American or the, the, you know, the, the public, you know, I mean, look, it's it, the woman's attractive, not going to lie. But uh, yeah, look, you can't do that. There's kids. There's there's other things going on. But these are the these are the morons of the week on the Stephen D. Snyder show. So congratulations. You, too, are the morons of the week. Now, folks, before I get to my guest, let me just go ahead and go a little conspiracy theory on you here. Um, <clears throat> I believe that the government and big corporations are putting poison in our food, our water, and our vaccines. Okay? I believe they're poisoning us, keeping, keeping us like our health in line, keeping us fat, keeping us sick, keeping us slow, keeping us depressed. So what I generally do, although last night was kind of rough, um, generally I try to have a cheat meal once a week. Uh, generally, that's on Sundays. And also, I generally try to stick with organic grass-fed beef, organic free-range chicken, wild-caught fish, organic non-GMO fruits and vegetables. That's really what I try to stick with. I try to limit my carbs, increase my fat intake, increase my protein. Um, you know, it's also, look, when you're talking about diet, exercise, health, you know, stress plays an important role. Trying to de-stress, it's huge. Drinking water, drinking clean, filtered water, not with the glyphosates in there from the Roundup that cause cancer. No, 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 no. Clean, filtered water, an RO filter, a, rever a reverse osmosis filter. I try to really do that. Also, getting good sleep, getting good rest, very, very important. But see, the people that are in big pharma, they don't rely on making money from healthy people. They rely on sick people. And think about this. Why are pharmaceutical companies advertising to us? Shouldn't they be advertising to the doctors? Why advertise to the average American? It's because the stuff they're putting in our food, our water, our vaccines are causing us to become fat, slow, stupid, sick. Because that's you can control populations like that. And th this guest I have coming up, uh, we're, I don't think we're going to get into it. We might a little bit, but fact of the matter is this, folks. Take care of yourself. I'm not one of these namby-pambies who says, oh, eat clean all the time. That's bullshit. You can't do that and enjoy life. 
If you're eating clean and your buddies say, hey, let's go get uh, a pizza and uh, some beers, well, come on, you got to live your life, but you got to do things in moderation. So this, this guest I have coming up, I'm, I'm looking forward to asking him the questions that have been on my mind, uh, you know, about diet, health, fitness, and exercise, because that's a big part of this show. So I'd like to welcome to the, is he here? Is he here? Yep. They're waving. Yes, he is. Okay. So he has, he has called in. He is here. And when I mean here, he is on the other end of the phone. Is he here? He's good. Okay. Now with me today, our guest, uh, I've known this guy many, many years. This guy used to train me and kick the crap out of me during some kickboxing classes uh, I was taking in the Midwest. Uh, Wayne Carls, is a, he's a personal trainer. Um, he is a, a fitness guru. Um, this guy knows diet. This guy knows exercise. And you know, I got a lot of questions for him today because I think there's a lot of problems that Americans have that uh, they don't realize what they're doing and how to fix it. So Wayne, welcome to the Stephen D. Snyder Show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Steve. I appreciate it, man. So Wayne, so company with you. Yeah. So before we begin, so you're also a, a a a water skier, and you held a record for is it hand water skiing? Yeah, I actually hold. I still hold one. I, I 25 push-ups on the water doing 34 miles an hour. I was on a TV show called Outrageous Acts of Science, and uh, they actually came down to film me. They flew over from London, England. They see my they see my record on on the internet for uh, skiing on my hand for the distance. At that time, I, I held the world record. Um, and then uh, recently, it had been, the distance had gotten beaten. Um, how we do that is we have a, ball, a boom going off the boat, and we end up hooking the, the ski rope to the boom, and then we put our foot to the handle. We flip over, and then we ski on our hands. And um, I had the bar basically level and then i worked my butt off to, to, to keep dropping it and making it level and then i end up going about three thousand feet and then i at the time i was still working on push-ups so i, I have i had the world record for the, long, the longest distance but i still have a record for the most push-ups on the water which is like i said 20 i think it's 25 or 26 i forget the last one's kind of sketchy where i really didn't get my my, my body off the water as much i was exhausted but yeah, so nice, nice. No, that's that's cool. Now you you have been uh, you've been in training and you know health and nutrition and fitness and wellness for for many many years. And seems to me that there's all these fad diets out there these days. People don't know how to eat. There's a lot of misconceptions about keto and paleo and you know exercise. So kind of. Take me from the beginning. Like, tell me a little bit about what what you see a lot of Americans making that are some really, really big mistakes out there with their workouts. I think they're not all in. You know, it's a lifestyle, and man, everybody has said that 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 guy Phillips, you know, from California, he said that many, many years ago. Jack Lalane, he he lived it. You know, it's a lifestyle. So if you want to look a certain look and maybe you gain 30, 40 pounds and you want to get caught up again, then they go to this intermittent fasting or they go to paleo. Uh, I've always been told that if you you sustain that type of eating, 
your your thyroid is not going to be your best friend. Your thyroid is going to turn against you in your 50s and 60s and 70s. And you would look at a pudding pie or you look at something that you want to have. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm joking. You gain weight. But your thyroid just doesn't like it because you you went catabolic for so many years starving yourself and uh, not putting in the nutrients that you needed to because you you wanted that beast look without really going for the whole lifestyle. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that people will start a diet and then quickly, you know, they wonder why they can't lose weight. And it's because, you know, it's not a lifestyle change. And I've said this before too. It doesn't matter what your personal trainer does with you in the gym. If you're going home and eating a whole box of Oreos every night, it doesn't matter what you're doing in the gym. The trainer can't help you. And I think Americans want this like quick, easy fix. And you're right; it's a it's a it's a lifestyle change that they really need to make. You know, you remember that that dish they called they called a horseshoe or pony shoe in Springfield, Illinois. Oh yeah. You know that was a a big piece of Texas toast with some sort of protein, chicken or something, fried chicken, then French fries smothered in cheese sauce. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, there. I mean, it's, it's it's delicious. It's a heart attack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it took it took the whole plate. And when I opened up my gym down there, you know, I've seen people eating eating like this, and I'm like, there's no way they're going to be able to get the body that they want with this type of atmosphere of loose living and loose eating. And so that was the biggest and hardest challenge for me. At my gym, it was to speak this truth to them that they had to divorce this lifestyle and this lifestyle of all the drinking that was going on, not just in Springfield, Illinois, but just in general, party time, you just can't keep up. Your liver is just done. It's going to prioritize whether it's breaking down toxins in the body or breaking down alcohol. And um, and so it's... It, like again, like we said, we, it really is a lifestyle choice, and you got to either be happy living that lifestyle and not getting down to the fit size that you want, or living a lifestyle where a great spinach chicken salad, fettuccine, uh, um, feta cheese, or whatever basic nutrition um, choices you make for that salad, that starts to be your go-to meal at a restaurant. And I say that because that was my go-to meal for over a decade. It was a good spinach salad, a chicken breast, a salmon. And um, it was easy to go to that because I knew the physique, the, the physique that I wanted and the lifestyle, the, athletic, the athleticism that I needed to stay on the water. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. I mean, if you're eating if you're eating a horseshoe every day for lunch, I mean, no wonder you can't lose any weight. And um, for a lot of the, you know, you you brought this up a little bit, but yeah, it's it's Texas toast with you know chicken strips or hamburger or something with covered in French fries, covered in cheese sauce, and then some people even add like ketchup to it and all this other stuff. But I mean, I'm not a I'm I, I'm not a sticker stickler on not enjoying it. You know, you always hear people having a cheat meal um, every once in a yeah. while. And yeah. I, I, and to me, I think it's like, yeah, you guys, you got, you can have one of those, but 
you know, make sure it's in very, very, very limited moderations and make sure you're eating clean the rest of the time. Um, and I think a lot of people aren't doing the cheat meal. I mean, we try to do a cheat meal on Sunday nights. That's kind of like our cheat meal night. But um, yeah, it switches up, but it's mostly on Sundays and it's not a cheat day. You know, it's literally a cheat meal. So that's kind of what we do. Yep, and I get it, you know, and everybody goes through hard times, especially COVID right now, so it's really hard to, to prioritize your, your fitness level and your health. Um, back when I was training 14 classes a week, kickboxing for 10 years, one of my go-to sermons or things I would say would be, you got to look at it like you're driving, you're driving record. If you're going to speed 90% of the time, you're going to have zero points on your record you're not going to have a driver's license. If you pay, pay attention 90% of the time to the laws and 10% of the time you act up and you go crazy on an off-ramp, you go to 75 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour on an off-ramp, or you do a California stop at a stop sign, or you run a little hot on the interstate, 85 or whatever, in a 70 or whatever, 10% of the time, you're probably not going to get a ticket that year. But if you drive radical and you don't pay any attention to the signs, the law, then you're not going to have a license. You're, you're going to get a DUI. You're going to justify drinking every, every time you get in that car. And you're not going to have a license. Well, you're not going to have a physique if you don't do 90, 10% rule. 90% of the time, abide by the nutrition chart and abide by a good common sense, clean living, eating diet approach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really, if you're going to have carbs, you want the complex carbs, you know, you want the sweet potatoes, you know, you don't want the bread. Um, you don't want that pasta. And, and that's something also, I, I see a lot of people on, these diets and, oh yeah, I can have this, uh, pasta, but it's only this many calories. And it's like, eh, unless you're really burning that off at the gym, which I doubt you are, that's just not smart. And, and I do, I see a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people like to make excuses and, um, they like to either blame their, you know, their outside circumstances for their poor diet, poor exercise, poor everything, uh, poor physique. And they don't really like to take ownership of it. And you're right. It's, it's a 90, 10, you have to, you have to behave yourself as much as you can and then reward yourself for being such a good person, you know, and, and, and have that burger or have that French fri French fries or, or whatever it is. And that's kind of what we do, but yeah, you're right. There are a lot of Americans that they're just stuck in neutral and they don't know what the hell to do. They don't know where to begin. They don't know what to, you know, they're just kind of stuck. And a lot of people are just gravitating towards, okay, give me a pill. Let me do that. Um, whatever I can do to, uh, you know, make it a quick fix. That's what it seems like to me. Yes. And it's unfortunate. And everybody, I think it comes, everybody has a, comes to that turn in the road or they come to that, that, beacon of hope somehow they hit it mine i hit it when i was uh 16 years old in high school i had a i had a marine ex-marine as a principal and he used to ask me to, you know i had a lot of energy i was pretty much hyper i couldn't i couldn't speak right without stuttering i had so many thoughts coming out of my head i really couldn't keep up with my brain so i literally sounded like this the, 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 the time i wanted to 
talking, I was like this, and I had so much energy. My principal, Dick Smith, brought me, he asked me to come to his basement to work out with him, and he taught me how to work out. And one of the things that his wife yelled down to me, I remember to this day, hey, honey, what kind of vegetables do you want tonight? And he said, broccoli. That was not a conversation at my house growing up. It was whatever was in front of your face, whatever mom made, you were going to eat. And my mom made really good food, but the vegetables were not forced upon us. You know, she made casseroles. She made homemade chicken noodle soup with white flour noodles, um, chili, and, uh, goulash, just all that stuff. And once I started really realizing what a pro athletes really started to eat, then I started realizing that I needed to get favorite vegetables. I need to get a favorite protein. I need to learn how to cook that protein clean. I, I needed to buy a rice maker. I needed to steam, see my food, see my potatoes, um, and just live cleaner. And with that, your, your, your weight cooperated, your energy cooperated. And, uh, it, you just got to marry one, one style or one, one pro figure and try to learn his techniques and then go on and understand what really food really is supposed to do for the most part. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, we try to eat, uh, organic grass fed beef, uh, organic free range chicken, organic free range eggs, organic vegetables, organic fruits. Um, there are some times when you can't do that and you have to eat standard, but, but yeah, it's, it's incorporating the, the veggie and building, you know, and that's something that we're really working on in this house is building your dinner around the vegetable and instead of, you know, building it around the carb or building it around the meat, they'll build it around the vegetable. That's kind of what Correct. we've been doing. Correct. Um, and, uh, yeah. the, where it gets kind of tricky, I mean, even for me and I, I try to keep in really good shape, but even for us, uh, and my wife is a holistic nutritionist, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to try to cook vegetables without getting bland and sick of them. So you always have to come up with recipes where the vegetables kind of, you know, taste a little different and new. Otherwise people kind of get sick of them. But, um, you know, in terms of, of someone's diet, what 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 would you say is the average length of someone going on a diet? How long do people generally stay on a diet when they're trying to lose weight? What is the average? Do you happen to know that? No, I don't know it, but here's something I have noticed. People go on a people go on an eating plan or a diet for as 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 long as it takes for them to see results. For instance, if they see results in a month, then they stay longer on that eating plan. If they don't see results in a month or two weeks, they quit. So persistence is the key, and you have to try to give yourself an idea of what is what are the results you're looking for. What are results? Don't keep stepping on the scale because muscle is your best friend. It raises your metabolism. It allows you to burn more calories. So your, your weight's going to go up once you start weightlifting and eating clean. You're going to be able to transfer those proteins. You have better amino acids in your system. You're going to be able to transfer the proteins and utilize and break those down. And you're going to be able to replenish that torn tissue and build muscle. And so if you can start seeing, if you give yourself 30 days, start eating clean, you'll start seeing results. And I think that will be a snowball effect in Minnesota. We call that a snowball, rolling a snowball down the hill and the snowball grows. You're going to be able to grow with that. Um, 
So it does help to hire a trainer, and so they can see you. They can they can give you that crystal ball image and show you what that future could look like if you stay with this. All that for a non-direct answer. <laughs> no, that no, that's perfect. That's perfect. It's it's. It's crazy, you know, and it's it's funny, and, and a lot of people, um, I don't know how much knowledge you have in this, but it seems like, you know, I've heard people say this a lot. Now, I, I'm just this is just a general observation that I've heard, but people say they go over to Italy, right, and they eat like pigs all, all week. They don't gain any weight, and, you know, I attri- I'm going to attribute that to, I guess, that Maybe in Italy, it's a little bit more fresh. They don't add all the crap to the food that they do here. But you always hear people like, hey, I went over to Italy and I ate pizza for four days and I ate pasta and I didn't gain weight. As a matter of fact, I lost weight and, you know, stuff. I look good or I'm less bloated. And, you know, I, I got to I gotta attribute that if, if that's true because I keep hearing it. If that's true, if that's a big if. Yeah, it's got to be something they're putting in. You know, oh, oh, we're eating too too much overly processed crap here in America. It seems like. Well, here's the insight that I have on our on our beef. So when I was growing up in Minnesota, my cousins had a had a farm, a thousand acres, and we planted a lot of field corn. We planted some sweet corn that we picked by hand, and then we would sell in bags at the local local grocery store. Um, but we planted a lot of field corn, and so my uncles. My uncle Richie and my cousins were all like, Wayne, make sure you don't put the wrong bag in that planter. Well, that bag, they showed me, it says, <laughs> it said, not for human consumption. The, the field corn actually said, not for human consumption. Well, guess what that field corn, is who consumes that field corn, or what consumes that field corn? Cows. Cows, right? Cows consume that field corn. Pigs consume that field corn. Other poultry farm farm animals consume that corn corn silage or corn, and that stuff was full of nasty chemicals. And you had to wear gloves when you put that corn in that planter. And then that corn, that sweet corn, gets turned into high fructose corn syrup, and that gets added in everything. It's no wonder why the the liver and the our, our body in America can't process all of our American food because it is. We're growing for mass production. I don't think, how big is Italy compared to one of our states? So, you know, I don't think they have to mass produce the food that we have to mass produce. So I think that, I think, I think if you Google any of this, you can find this all over the place that we need to eat more local and more down home, not even farm, but down home, um, uh, hobby farmers. Yeah, yeah, and you it's it's you want to eat local. You also want to shop local, support your local farmers and in you, you know, your local, you know, produce people and and things like that absolutely. And you know, it's you know, going to the farmers markets. It might be a little bit more expensive, but you know, hey, you're supporting the little guy as opposed to the big, you know, chains, you know, uh of supermarkets. So, in terms of kind of switching gears here, in terms of, you know, workouts, what advice would you give America Americans who are looking to just get in better shape uh, in terms of working out? Like, what what are some steps that the average Joe out there who's listening to this, who's like, man, I really want to get in better shape? I mean, what what are some great workout tips that you would have? So, like I said, start with the core. Start with the 
core is the root coordination, coordinating movement. The core does all this. When you can get that core strong and you train that core, the rest will follow. But if you skip that core and just train your limbs, you're leaving behind the whole movement, the whole engine. For instance, try to run a race with loose shoestrings. You're gonna, you're not gonna have, you're not gonna have any, any support from that, from, from that shoe. Sure, go barefooted, then great, then that beat by analogy all the depth. But if you're a hockey player, you're gonna tighten up your shoestring. If you're a snow skier, you're gonna, you're gonna tighten up your ski boot. You need. So the shoestrings are like the core muscles. You tighten up those shoestrings and you can tighten up your core, then you're ready for movement. And one of the muscles in the core is, uh, is actually your diaphragm. And when you can get that diaphragm to cooperate and you're breathing from the diaphragm, and if you can get the transverse abdominus muscles that actually look like shoestrings wrapped around our body, then you're already in the game. And now you get the erector spinaeus. I'm sorry, the, um, the, the abdominus involved, which is basically the front, the front layer that everybody calls the six-pack, you get that involved, and then you get your obliques involved. Now you've got the whole family, the whole synergy involved, and you can make that work as a family, and you don't create that bully. So, like, if you just do a lot of crunches, you're going to get that rectus abdominis so strong it's going to pull your hips up and it's going to not allow all these other muscles to contribute like you need to. So for instance, everybody out there listening, just raise your hands up in the air, draw your navel in, lower your arms and try to keep tension on your stomach for the rest of this podcast. And when you forget about it, just go ahead and draw it in again and try to get some muscle memory or some uh, attention span so you can Draw that in, and eventually mowing grass will become a core exercise. Punching a, uh, punching a bag will become a core exercise. Kicking a bag will become a core exercise. Not to mention when you actually hang from a bar and pull your knees up to your chest and lower them back down, now you're really doing that core movement and that core demand. So start with the core, and then you go out. That is key. So start with the core, Get your get your get your lower back, get your abs, um, get all your muscles in that core section going. That that's the best advice you would give for someone just kind of starting out is really just start with the core and then work your way out to do more legs, but never really stop working core. Now, do you recommend that people work core every day? Yeah, I recommend you you work the body every day. And unless you want to be a bodybuilder and you want to get up on stage and you want to get a lot of hypertrophy in the quads, in the hamstrings, in the, the gas rocks, you know, the calves, it, biceps, triceps, deltoids, traps, rhomboids, you want to get everything, unless you want to get that thing rocking huge and you want to be a bodybuilder, then you have to work body parts and you have to have days where you just focus on body parts. But if you want to be an athlete and you just want to be able to snow ski better, you want to be able to water ski better, you want to be able to play pickleball, racquetball, tennis, you want to be an athlete, athletes rotate. We rotate. And if you don't find exercises that involve you to rotate and level change and locomote and push-pull, curl-press, then it's an incomplete workout, and you're training for the gym muscle or the 
or the stage muscle or the t-shirt muscle. You're really not training for goal. You're kind of training for show. And you can tell I've said that a couple times because it came pretty quick. But you really want to train for goal and not for show because that's going to keep you out of the wheelchair in your 70s and 80s. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I see, you know, I see a lot of people making mistakes when they go to the gym and um, what advice, you know, would you give people who they, their bodies kind of plateau? I mean, what, what, what advice would you give for people that, you know, they're working out and, um, you know, their body plateaus, meaning, you know, they, they just don't see a lot of results. Like what, what would you recommend for people to avoid getting into that trap? Um, I may have to back up on this a little bit. When I was a kid in high school, I had a kid, a buddy, my Mike Flanagan had a Chevy. And his dad overbuilt his 350 Chevy in it. And it was, it, I don't know how much horsepower it had, but I think it was like 400, 500 horsepower. And I said, dude, that is huge. What are you going to do with that? And his dad said, get tickets. And that's what happened. He, his, his engine got so big, he ended up getting tickets. And he had to take that engine out and put the stock one back in. If he would have went any bigger, he would have had to put a transmission in it. Otherwise, he would have spun off the, would have spun off the differential because it wasn't built up like the engine was. So the same thing with with your um, with your strength training. You got to figure out a goal. What is your goal? What are you trying to train for? You know, and that's why I work so so well with athletes. Because if a kicker comes to me, then we got to get his core to swing his leg. Or if a tennis player comes to me, we got to get her core to get her to go, go over top of the ball or to go to the side of that ball and get the full rotation, the whole range of motion. So you just got to figure out, are you really stale, or are you really not sure what your goal is? Yeah, I, I would say that most people, most people, uh, with the exception of you know athletes and people training for certain things, I think most people want to just look better and feel better. Um, but I think a lot of them, they just don't know where to begin. And, you know, I have some friends who they, they're always doing these diets and then they're always wondering why they can't lose weight. And you know, it's just like, well, you know, you don't know really what you want to do. All you know is that you do want to look better and feel better. And I think that's probably the majority of people. Um, they just want to look better. They just want to feel better. And, uh, you know, obviously that does, that's, there are exceptions to that rule, but, I mean, I think if you would ask, uh, you know, uh, and I, I tell, I tell, I tell people this all the time. I said, you know, there's a reason why Magic Mike, that show is sold out and Chippendales is sold out and Thunder from Down Under is sold out. It's because those guys look good. And this, this notion of, of women finding guys attractive with big beer bellies, I'm sorry, man, I'm not buying it, not buying it at all. Not to say that you can't love somebody with a big gut. I'm just saying, hey, there's a reason why, you know, those shows are sold out, you know, for the next six months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they're definitely trying to satisfy, you know, a part of the brain. But I think you and I have been married long enough, Steve, you know, where if you really want husband points we plug in the vacuum if you really want husband points you make dinner for the wife if you really want husband points you order something on amazon order her something on amazon if you really want points you bought a paddleboard did you buy her a paddleboard or did you buy the paddleboard that's going to fit her and fit you and not her so when you're single it's a little bit different but i think 
personally, I think when you're married, uh, I've been married 11 years now, and I make plenty of mistakes, but I do plenty of things that keep her, keep, keep our love there and keep the enchantment there. And it is keeping her, keeping her interest focused, keeping her need, letting her know that I am thinking about her. Even if it's small stuff, I'm thinking about her and that I don't have to come home with biceps with veins coming out of them or quads that literally look like a tree stump. Like who was that bodybuilder back in the day when he just had the biggest damn thighs? Ronnie um, Coleman? Was it Ronnie Coleman? He, he had huge thighs too, but there was another short guy that had monster thighs. And I'm sure that did not do it for his wife. I'm sure. Oh my God, the freaking kids don't have the kids they don't have their baths in or they don't have school their, their school lunches packed, but they and they don't have um their Halloween costumes picked out, but my husband's got some big thighs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I I, I noticed Tom Platt. that. Tom Platt, Tom Platt, Tom Platt. He had the monster thighs. And I don't know his personal life, but I'm pretty sure that most women would rather have the Halloween costumes picked out for their kids. They would rather have their schoolwork done before she got home from work. They'd rather have their rooms clean and all these domestic things that need to be done to make a marriage happen. Single guys, different, different. So, <laughs> but married, I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, you're right, it, it, and it is different. And, and you know, it brings me to my. This is my last question for you. This is this is and this is something, you know, I talk I talk about this all the time. If you're in a relationship and you don't really care about what you eat and you just eat whatever and you really don't exercise, but yet your partner is really, really into diet, fitness, nutrition, exercise. Do you see that working out long term with people? Because I got to tell you, I've, I've met a couple of different people who... You know, she wants to go out and party and eat whatever she wants, and he's really, really, really into eating healthy. Um, but he took it to a level to where he didn't even enjoy, you know, being around. He he couldn't even go. Hey, we're going out to dinner. He would always have to bring his dinner with 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 him out to dinner. So we got to the point to where this was the two extremes, and he was on one end, and he wouldn't even enjoy any kind of cheat meal, very, very strict. And then she was on the other end where she was doing whatever she wants. Do you see that being a problem? And is that a problem in a lot of relationships these days when it comes to food and working out and exercise? Well, can I get some more, can I get some more backstory on that? Like, are, are there kids involved? Are there other hobbies involved? If that's the only thing that they don't have in common, you know, I've met couples that one's Jewish and one's Catholic and it worked out. So, but there's so many other things that they were able to um, enjoy together. So, it's, it, they're definitely going to take a strong partner to to appreciate that. I, I've dated a girl that threw a temper tantrum because she spilled her evening shake at a stop sign that I stopped I stopped too hard for, and she spilled her evening shake on her on her shirt. And not mad about the shirt, but mad about that was half her meal. She spilled half her meal. She was a competitive bodybuilder. And she spilled half her meat on her shirt, and she lost it. Well, I wasn't that into it. I, I, <laughs> let's go to let's go to Burger King and get you a BK burger, or let's go to let's go to um, uh, Arby's and get you a, a chicken sandwich. You know, oh, I'm dieting for a contest. Well, you're right. We, we grew apart, and she she you know she blew up. Now she's you know now she matured, and now she realizes that 
that's what she did. She had to hang around people of that liking to be able to live that lifestyle. Otherwise, it's going to be that much harder to stick with it. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's true, and you know, it's it's Chris Rock, the comedian, once said that. Uh, he said, you can't have one person, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, you can't have one person in the relationship saying, hey, I'm going to go to church, and the other person saying, oh, okay, I'm going I'm to go hit the crack rock. Just not going to work out. You know, a church-going person and a person smoking crack ain't going to work out. But he did say, hey, two crackheads can stick together for a long time. <laughs> so, um, You grew up watching the Waltons, right? Of course. Did John always go to church or just the family? With the Waltons? Yeah, I think John stayed home and worked. I think he did too. The little, but the, but the house, the little house on the prairie. I think Mr. Ingalls went to church all the time. He sat, he sat in the pew with his family. So <laughs> again, again, that's Hollywood, you know. But um, it's it's definitely it's definitely difficult to have to have like to have different. You could, Hopefully you don't grow apart because you grow as a person. You know, you know what's better for you and you really get involved in it. So hopefully that doesn't doesn't put a wedge in your relationship. But, um, you know, I'm definitely into water skiing and my wife tolerates it. I, I ski so much. I snore at night and we, we have a, another, another bedroom called the, the palm room. And um, if I'm snoring that much, she goes up and sleeps in the other room. And uh, I have to limit how much skiing I do so I don't snore all week long. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm by myself all week long, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but you you know you make you make it work, and you you're killing it out there yeah, uh, the skiing. So, where if uh, if people wanted to take a look at what you've done, uh, do you have a website? Do you have any YouTube videos, anything like that? People can check out. Yeah, I mean, I, I let my website go down after I shut my gym down. I moved on to South Florida, and, and now you know I, I retooled, and now I'm not. I don't own a gym anymore. I live in South Florida, and I, I'm in charge of the outdoor recreation. I'm a manager here in the city of Boynton Beach for the park rangers, and um, I, I do outdoor recreation now. And I don't I don't do inter- indoor recreation, but I have a I have a um, an Instagram water ski Wayne. Uh, my Facebook is Wayne Carls. Um, and there's a bunch of videos of me teaching classes. Uh, I think it was Hype Attack. My old gym was called Hype, H-I-B-E, High Intensity Practical Exercises. So I, I wasn't very good at putting those videos online, but I have, I have a bunch of exercises out there. And it's under, I believe, Hype Attack or Hype or just Wayne Carls is my YouTube channel, I believe. So I'm really not good at that. I am really much better at the actual in-person um, training and guiding somebody towards their goal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. Well, I appreciate you coming on the Stephen D. Snyder show. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your time. Uh, this was, uh, Wayne Carls. This guy, uh, knows his stuff and check out some of his, uh, you know, water skiing videos. I mean, the guy does push ups while doing, you know, skiing. So thanks for coming on the show, Wayne. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, take care and wear that mask when you have to. Will do, man. Have a good one. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, folks, that was Wayne. Hell of a guy. Um, check out his stuff. I mean, this guy basically invented CrossFit. He basically invented the HIT workout. That was very, very popular back in, what, 2000 to 2006, 
and I, I worked out with this guy a lot and this guy is probably one of the best personal trainers I've ever worked out with. Um, this guy will kick your ass. Um, he's, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. He knows about functional movements. He knows about diet and, you know, take his advice, keep the stomach sucked in, you know, uh, functional movements, work on your core. I mean, um, and also a hell of a water skier. I mean, this guy go online and check out his YouTube videos. He does pushups when he's water skiing, barehanded pushups, water skiing. I mean, the guy is, he's fantastic. And, um, yeah, check out his videos. It's Wayne Carl's great guy. And, you know, I've, I've always looked forward to interviewing him and speaking with him because every couple of years I talk with the guy and he just always has his shit together. He knows what he's talking about. He is always a step ahead of the game in the fitness industry, which is awesome to me. Well, folks, I think it's time that I got out of here and I got a lot of things to do. By the way, if you have not purchased a copy of my book, please do so. You can go to stephendsnyder.com on there under books. You can click that. It'll take you to a link to my number one selling. I can't believe it's a number one seller. Best-selling book, How to Be a Miserable Failure, The Complete Guide for Restoring Your Life. In this book, I walk you through every step of how you can destroy your own life. You know, this is, this is 600 pages of shitty work. It's a horrible book, but it's funny. It's good. And it's also really bad for you. So I highly recommend this book, how to be a miserable failure. Go to the website, Steven with a V S T E V E N D is in David Snyder, S N Y D E R.com and get your copy. By the way, I am also working on a, um, a political correctness book coming up. And really I'm only writing kind of the first chapter and the last chapter because it's going to basically showcase all of the articles of the crazy political correctness that you are seeing in this country right now and over the past couple of years. So it's coming out and I can't tell you when the publisher will not allow me to tell you when, but when I can, I will tell you. But folks, until next time, my name is Stephen D. Snyder and remember America, this is not a rest home.